Due to government stimulus efforts in response to COVID-19, you may be facing substantial changes to 2020 year-end tax and payroll reporting. Today, we'll talk through some of these changes. This is Jim Duffy. Welcome to HRpreneur, a podcast by ADP. Joining me today is Pete Iceberg. Pete works as Vice President of Government Affairs at ADP. Pete, thanks very much for joining me today. My pleasure, Jim. Pete, in March, the Families First Coronavirus Response Act, also known as FFCRA, was signed into law to require employers to provide paid sick leave for certain COVID-19 related purposes. Uh, The law also offers employers tax credits for providing this kind of leave. How can employers claim tax credit? Yeah, Jim, um, really employers with less than 500 employees need to offer and administer the three different types of FFCRA paid leave. Congress and the Department of Labor were recently advised by the IRS that uh, FFCRA expenditures through June were about 1% of the amount that they estimated. Uh, So as a reminder, it is a mandate, but it's also 100% federally funded. So employers can quickly recover the expense of FFCRA leave by reducing payroll tax deposits. Employers have to report the FFCRA credits applied on the IRS Form 941, and at year-end, they also separately report the three types of FFCRA sick or family leave in Box 14 of the 2020 Form W-2 or on a separate statement. So, Pete, also in March, uh, the CARES Act was enacted to, among other things, allow employers to defer payment of the employer share of the Social Security tax through December 31st, 2020. What steps do employers need to take in order to pay back the deferred tax amounts? That's a good question, Jim. And just to confirm, we're talking about the deferred employer Social Security tax amounts. Um, Those really, to repay those, they have to be paid over two years in equal amounts. They're due on December 31, 2021, and December 31, 2022. This will just take the form of an EFTPS notice payment, which would be a payment of employment taxes, but specifying the amount to apply by quarter. So, for example, an employer who deferred employer Social Security tax in the third quarter should find the amount that they reported on the third quarter Form 941, line 13B minus line 24, to figure out the deferral amount to pay for the third quarter. There might be an IRS notice to remind employers to pay the amount. We just don't know yet. I would caution, though, that employers should plan carefully and set aside that amount to pay. The nutshell math on the deferral is that an employer with just 16 employees would defer the equivalent of one worker's salary for a full year with half of that payable in December 2021 and the rest in December 2022. The message is you don't want to end up owing the IRS money you don't have. Now, what about student loans? Uh, The CARES Act included a tax exclusion for employer student loan repayment and educational assistance benefits. That's right. Uh, Employers can contribute up to $5,250 in 2020 towards an employee's student loans, and these payments would be excluded from the employee's income for federal purposes. Unfortunately, this provision is only in effect for 2020 unless it's extended, and also unless the relevant state automatically or otherwise adopted that provision, any such payments would be reported on the state W-2 as taxable income. So as state and local governments issued stay-at-home orders, many employees work from home for an extended period, and many still are working remotely. So for those employees who normally commuted from another state, this has created some potential new tax obligations. So my question is, are employers required to withhold state income taxes for employees working remotely in a different state? 
Yeah, Jim, that's a big issue this year. Each state that administers an income tax has specific rules as to how long an employee can temporarily work in a state before their employer is required to withhold state income taxes. It's often based on the number of days that an employee might work in a state or how much they earn working in that state or some combination of that. Acknowledging that COVID-19 has created a unique set of circumstances, several states have issued withholding guidance for employers this year uh, for employees who are required to work in a state other than their normal work location due to COVID-19. For example, Alabama and Georgia issued rulings that they would not enforce withholding requirements if employees are temporarily working in their state due to government work from home orders. But some other states, such as Massachusetts, have issued guidance reconfirming that they do expect employers to adhere to those temporary presence thresholds. And in the absence of guidance, employers who have employees working from home across state lines should presume that those standard rules apply. So are there any other considerations for employers who have employees working in state other than where the business is located? Uh, yes, Jim. Actually, uh, the presence of an employee in a state in which an employer doesn't already have a legal or tax presence, which is known as nexus, might subject the employer to new obligations in any state in which they now have employees working from home, assuming they don't already have a recognized presence there. This might include state corporate tax or, or business income tax and sales tax obligations. Some states have announced that they will not seek to establish nexus for any business taxes, including sales and withholding, solely because an employee is temporarily working from home due to COVID-19, but others have been silent. Uh, employers really should consult with the appropriate legal and tax professionals for questions about their specific situation. So, Peter, are there any other changes employers uh, should be thinking about for the 2020 tax year? Well, I'd offer one reminder, and that is that the Affordable Care Act, or ACA, requires employers and small employers with self-insured, including level-funded health plans, and all applicable large employers, such as those uh, with 50 or more full-time employees, to report certain information about health coverage to the IRS and perform uh, and provide full-time employees and covered individuals with an annual statement. The IRS recently extended the deadline for employee statements, which are now due March 2nd, 2021, and employers had to file the forms with the IRS by uh, March 1st, 2021, or March 31st if filing electronically. Now that's not new, but what is new is that several states have adopted their own individual health coverage mandate, including parallel reporting requirements for employers. So DC, for example, and New Jersey adopted this uh, for coverage starting in 2019. California and Rhode Island joined them for 2020. We're still waiting for specifications and guidance in some cases. And there's also the question of whether other states uh, might follow suit. Some health advocates believe that an individual mandate is a critical element of the ACA and the 2017 uh, Tax Cuts and Jobs Act removed that federal penalty for failing to maintain coverage. So Pete, what about the new W-4 form for 2020? Is there anything employers need to be aware of regarding that new form? Yeah, they should be aware that you know, for the 2020 tax year, the IRS did release a, a W-4 form that included major revisions from the previous version. Employers were required to begin using the new form for all new hires on January 1, 2020. Uh, if, if existing employees wish to adjust their withholding, they also have to use that redesigned form as well. But if they have a valid 2019 or prior form to be for on file, employers have to continue to honor that and use that. Generally, this has meant that employers needed to maintain two payroll withholding systems for the foreseeable future so they can process payroll based on both the new W-4 inputs 
which include tax credits, expected deductions over the standard deduction, and so on, and the old withholding allowances system. But a couple of months ago, the IRS released new guidance on how to bridge payroll systems to make it possible to eliminate this parallel processing track. It would take some technical work to do it, of course. Pete, uh, thank you so much for all the advice you've shared with our listeners today. You know, it seems clear to me listening to you, uh, due to the added complexity here in 2020, employers should consider dedicating additional time to planning and executing their year-end responsibilities. I want to thank all our listeners for joining us on HRpreneur. And thank you again for joining us. Be well. Be well.